0: But I think what's the most interesting thing, you know, about self-directed IRAs is something called a CRD, and that is a coronavirus-related distribution, all right? And people have heard about this, and there's a lot of confusion. So I'm going to go break it down for you so that you understand.
1: Hi, you're listening to Ready to Scale, the second season of That Really Happened. This season is focused on APS of real estate, asset, process, and strategy. Each guest on the show will reveal the assets they invest in and why they chose to do so. From multifamily to industrial, self-storage, mobile home parks, and more. Then they'll uncover the processes, tools, and systems they've used to build multi-million dollar
0: businesses.
1: And finally, they'll uncover new, unique, and exciting strategies to invest in real estate. From co-working to buy and hold, fix and flips, co-living, and much, much more. Now let's get the show started. Hey guys, welcome to Ready to Scale. I'm Ellie Perlman, your host broadcasting from sunny California. When I'm not behind the mic, I buy multifamily properties with passive investors who partner with me on my deals. If you're thinking about investing passively in real estate and you want to learn how to evaluate a deal especially now during the coronavirus epidemic or pandemic now, I created a free guide that walks you through the top five critical deal components that any passive investor must examine. You can find it on my website, ellieperlman.com. All right, so let's get started. My guest today is Karen Hall, CEO of UDirect IRA Services. So Karen discovered a strategic way to put her 20 plus years of experience in mortgage banking, real estate, and property management to use and created self-directed IRA company. So through UDirect IRA, she has guided tens of thousands of Americans through the process of diversifying their investments using self-directed IRAs. So I met Karen actually in person on one of the real estate conferences in Denver about two years ago. Something and it was like inv- that. Yeah, it was
0: snowing. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was heavily snowing. And yeah. then I was invited to speak at her OCRIA event to talk about real estate. And it was probably less than a week before the quarantine in California started. <laughs> so I'm really, really excited to have her today. Hey, Karen, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you so much. Yeah, this is fun. Happy to be here
1: yeah absolutely.
0: So you're calling us today from Orange County in California, as you can see, it's sunny behind me, so we're both in sunny California yeah yeah it's <laughs> it's a gorgeous day. It would be great to be able to you know get out and enjoy it, which I think we can still do right we can I've been taking my dog for walks and and trying to enjoy the outdoors as much as possible, not the beach yet, but maybe next week.
1: yeah, absolutely. I think <laughs> it's a little bit scary how adaptable we are. I feel that I'm I'm more comfortable staying at home for longer periods than i've than I was, so that's a little bit concerning. but uh, you know, Karen, I want to start maybe with having you describe a little bit of your background and how you found yourself in real estate
0: yeah, it's kind of a it's a roundabout kind of story you know I, I started off my career when I was in college, and I started as a radio announcer, and my major was radio, TV and film, right so i became a radio announcer for a number of years. So I did radio, TV and a little bit of film. That was I, I didn't do any film, but I did radio and TV. And uh, then that was for a long time. And then made the natural progression into real estate, right? Because where else do you go? You go to real estate because <laughs> you figure out that's where you can really make a difference in your life. So started out as a property manager. I became a realtor. It was up in Seattle. I was doing property management. So and then realtor for a little while and then I moved to Pasadena, got into loan servicing. So I did loan servicing for a number of years. And then ultimately loan origination in Irvine and loan origination. So I've been in Orange County now for 21 years, did loan origination for a while. And the last uh, economic downturn we had, of course, mortgage, forget about it, right? Because we all live through it. So we all know that story. And so that's when I found self-directed IRAs or they found me either way. And so since 2007, I've been in self-directed IRAs and started this company, You Direct IRA Services, in August, September of 2009. And so ever since then, just helping people, you know, invest. And so, you know, with a background in notes and real estate and management, that is what really helped me to provide service to our account holders. And when they've got a deal and they're trying to express their deal and tell me what it's about, I mean, I've got the whole background where I understand the jargon. And there is jargon in this industry. Am I right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think your background is very diversified. It's really interesting. So when you're interacting with a customer, you have an understanding
0: from all aspects of real estate, and that's pretty unique. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's really important to an account holder. If they've got a deal, they don't want to call up and start talking about their deal and have someone say, I don't understand what you're talking about. And so that's why I, I hire people, our transaction coordinators, our funding coordinators, you know, our sales staff, they're from the real estate industry. So they, they know what you're talking about when you're calling in about a deal. Awesome.
1: Well, let's start talking about the asset. And obviously your company is dealing with self-directed IRAs. Let's maybe start from the very kind of the basic, the beginning. What is
0: a self-directed IRA? Right, well, in 1974, right, if you go way back, I think that's longer than you've been alive, but in 1974, (laughs) President Gerald Ford then signed the ERISA Laws into effect, right? And in 1975, they went into effect that year, and it created IRAs. And so an IRA is an IRA, and at that time, the rule is your IRA can invest in anything except life insurance contracts and collectibles, okay? So IRAs have always been self-directable but it hasn't really come to the surface until maybe about, I'd say the Great Recession when people became a lot more aware of self-directed IRAs because they couldn't find capital. And where are you gonna find capital when banks aren't lending, right? So self-directed IRAs having access to now something like a $30 trillion pool of money in IRAs was very interesting to investors, especially when they couldn't get a bank loan. So it became kind of a grassroots way of boosting the economy. My IRA invests in your deal. So now my retirement is boosted because you fund your deal and it, and I invested, say, in your private placement, now the money comes back on my IRA, tax free or tax deferred, and you know, and everyone wins, right? The community gets a beautiful building, you've built this building and get the rewards from that and my IRA benefits as well. And so it's it's kinda of, it's a great win win. It's a wonderful cycle. That's how it works.
1: As part of a self-directed IRA, can someone invest, you know, when it comes to the asset class, can they invest in real estate, the stock market, startups, or is there any kind of uh, limitation to the type of assets that someone can invest using a self-directed IRA?
0: Well, back in 75, you know, when this came out, they said that the only thing you can't invest in, so it wasn't a list of what you can do. It was a list of what you can't do. And you can't invest in life insurance contracts, and collectibles all right so technically
1: everything else is
0: okay but when it comes to the custodian the custodian which is the company holding the money says what is or is not administratively feasible for example you can have livestock in your self-directed ira you can have cattle and racehorses in your self-directed ira for us we say that's not administratively feasible i like to joke and say they're kind of smelly to have in the office you know because we have to custody them but you, know, you can do it. it. There are some other companies, they charge you for it, but you can do it. So mostly what self-directed IRA assets consist of, it's all almost all around real estate, unless it's precious metals. Precious metals, but real estate in different aspects, like of course, multifamily. Like if I wanted to invest in multifamily, I could do that in a debt or equity position with my IRA. So my IRA could loan money to a multifamily deal, or my IRA could invest in a private placement and have an equity stake. Mm. So private placements are the number one asset in self-directed IRAs. There are notes, notes are huge. Lending money from your IRA or purchasing, performing and non-performing debt, huge. So those are some of the things that people do with their self-directed IRAs.
1: Interesting, and what would you say are the main challenge and
0: also the main benefit in working with a self-directed IRA? The main challenge is following the rules because it's not like spending your own money out of your own pocket. If it's your own money, you can do whatever you want, but if you're gonna have tax-protected money, the IRS is going to have something to say about that, right? So there are rules, and essentially they're called prohibited transactions. If you're a rule book kind of person, it's the Internal Revenue Code, IRC, Internal Revenue Code, 4975, so that is a list of prohibited transactions. That's where it's written. So basically what it means is, first off, some people are disallowed to your IRA, like your lineal ascendants and descendants, right? Your parents and grandparents and their spouses, you and your spouse, and then your children and grandchildren and their spouses, disallowed to the IRA. It's not arm's length. So you got that going for you. Disallowed. So now your IRA can't buy, sell, or trade with any of these disallowed people. And here's what that looks like: say, for example, your son needs to go to college and you want to lend him money from your IRA, you can't. Your son is a lineal descendant, disallowed prohibited transaction, disallowed party prohibited transaction. Maybe your spouse wants to start a business. And so you think, Oh, well, I'll invest my IRA in my spouse's business. Again, disallowed person, prohibited transaction. But more common is, you know what? I get this call all the time. I've got this awesome property and I own it. I'd love to put it in my self-directed IRA, but your IRA can't buy an asset that you personally own. So that doesn't work either. So just follow the rules. I think that's a challenge. But the benefit is, is pretty huge because we're all going to be older one day and we're all going to need money to retire. And if you think about it, so I like to say like, imagine you've got $100,000 in an IRA, in a self-directed IRA. And that's about the median average of the self-directed IRA balance, okay? It's a lot of money. You know, it's a lot of money, but you're not going to be able to retire on it very long. So if you're right. 59 and a half and you know you're going to live until you're 86 and a half, Right, you retire here, uh, so and you're gonna take a draw out of it every month, that's only gonna give you $400, assuming no gain or loss. So, I mean, my gosh, we live in California, that's not even gasoline, am I right? Oh, yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. So, that is the challenge. The challenge, or the benefit, I should say, well, the challenge is saving, and the benefit is having like being your own best friend and having this money for later so that you really have built something for yourself to rely on later so that you can retire. We spend the most money of our lives. On healthcare when we're in retirement. Right. And you got to be able to pay for that. So it behooves you to take care of your future self.
1: One of the things you mentioned was about knowing the rules and understanding the regulations. That's one of the main challenges. And that's kind of a good segue to talk about the strategy of investing in a self directed IRA in a pandemic or in a downturn. And correct me if I'm wrong, I mean, obviously, self directed IRA is not my area of expertise, it's definitely yours. But I, I heard that there was a recent law that passed that provided more benefits for self directed
0: IRA holders.
1: Can you talk to me a little bit about that rule? I'd love to. And and I'll, by the
0: way, if, if any of our listeners would like to read about it, it's on our website at udirectira.com. It's on our blog. Okay. And the law you're talking about is the CARES Act, and that passed just recently. And so, It does a few things and a lot of other things happen at the same time. So I'll kind of go over three things that have changed. One thing is that with an IRA or a 401k, when you reach, it used to be 70 and a half. Now it's been raised to 72. When you're at that age, you have to take what's called a required minimum distribution, right? It's required. You have to do. So in 2020, that rules off, no RMDs for the year. And that's great. So imagine you're a high income person, especially, and you don't need the money but you would otherwise be required to take out that money and have to pay tax on all that, well, you're going to save a lot of tax because you don't have to take that RMD in 2020. Sweet, okay? And for anybody who wants to pay tax, especially if you don't need the money. Now, if you've already taken your RMD, if it's been under 60 days, you can put that money back into into the account and you're okay. So that's something really big for people that are senior Americans and want to save on tax. All right, another thing is... uh, We know how the the tax filing extension got pushed out from April 15th to July 15th. So that's the same thing, too. Sometimes an IRA pays tax, and I really go in the weeds if I went into that too much. But the form is called a 990T. So if you have to file a 990T, that's also pushed out to July. So check that box. But I think what's the most interesting thing, you know, about self-directed IRAs is something called a CRD, and that is a coronavirus-related distribution. All right. And people have heard about this and there's a lot of confusion. So I'm going to go break it down for you so that you understand now with retirement accounts, there are two sides. I mean, there's 401k world, right. And the IRA world, and they're similar, but they're different. So what the government said is you can take a CRD from either account. All right. If it's from a 401k, it must be a loan from the plan. Mm -hmm. You can already take a plan loan. Uh, $50,000 or 50% of the account value, whichever is less. You can do that already. But now you can take up to $100,000 loan. So this is the cap on the CRD. You can take $100,000 out of your retirement. But if it's a 401k, you take this loan, you must pay it back to your 401k. Usually it's prime plus two, 2%. And you have to pay it back within five years. All right. So that is, you can take a $100,000 loan from your 401k, but you need to pay it back to your 401k. That's the rule. Now, IRA world, different. With IRAs, the CRD, you can take up to $100,000 out of your IRA. If you're under 59 and a half, then you don't have to pay the penalty. That's nice. Because if you take money otherwise out of your IRA, you know, it's like 10% is the penalty. So, wow. Yeah. So that is waived. So the 10% penalty is waived under the CRD regulation. But you're going to get a 1099 for that withdrawal, meaning you're going to have to pay tax on the money you take out. But under this CRD, the regulation of the CARES Act says you don't just have to pay it when you file your 2020 taxes. you've got one, two, three tax years to break that up into so you can pay that tax over three tax years instead of just taking the hit all at once. Now maybe 2020 is your lowest income year and you want to pay a you know you want to pay the tax this year because you're in a low tax bracket, but that's something you discuss with your CPA, your tax advisor and, and you know you find out what's best for you.
1: That's really interesting. I mean, things, you know, have definitely changed. I had, I had no idea that basically the CARES Act incorporated part of those changes. I read a very small portion of it related to multifamily, obviously, which is what interests me. And it's also a very, very long document. I read a very, very small portion of it. But it's interesting to see all those changes. It looks like the government is really trying to think creatively how people can use the money they have to help them weather the storm. What would you recommend to, you know, if one of your clients calls and says, hey, I'm aware of all those changes, should I change my strategy? Should I do anything different? What would you say to that person? A
0: couple of things. First off, with self-directed IRAs, we're administrators and not advisors so we don't tell people what strategy to take. It's self-directed. So you are wise enough to have, say, so much money, X amount of money in your IRA, 401k, And you get to make all the decisions yourself. That's awesome. But when it comes to the CRD, what I say is make this the last money you touch. It is so hard to get the money back into a retirement account because you have contribution limits, right? So if it's a traditional or a Roth, you can only put seven grand in it if you're over 50, six grand if you're under 50. And it's going to take a long time to build your account back up. So Don't steal from your future self unless you absolutely have to break the piggy bank. That would be if I was going to advise anything. That's what I'd advise.
1: Interesting. And when it comes to the type of investments that investors are looking into right now, because as you mentioned, you can invest in real estate with your self-directed IRA, either as the lender of the deal, as a debt deal, or as an equity holder, as an investor in a deal, what are your thoughts? And I know you're not advising your customers on what to do exactly with their money. You're helping them once they've made up their mind. But from what you see in the market right now, what are your thoughts on how is it interesting or better to use the money? What are some of the unique or common strategies that you've seen your investors using their self-directed IRA
0: in today's market? People are, are using it equally as debt and equity, but I do have a point to make. You bring up a good point. If your IRA is lending money, then you don't run up against the taxes as I alluded to before. If your IRA is an equity partner in a deal, or if your IRA lends money and gets an equity kicker back, your IRA could owe a tax. So let's talk about the taxes. Mm. We're, we're gonna go there. <laughs> it's called UBIT, Unrelated Business Income Tax, or UDFI, Unrelated Debt Financed Income Tax and you can read about it on the IRS's website. Super easy, easy read. It's irs.gov, publication 598. Talk to your tax person about it. But when your IRA is an equity partner and invests in an active business, that can kick off this tax. And also, say for example, your IRA invests in a private placement. Say it's in a multifamily building because it's easy to imagine. And the asset sponsor of that capital raise decides to take on debt over here. So they're taking on debt. Your IRA isn't borrowing money, but the asset sponsor did. That's going to pass UDFI through to your IRA. So that means that your IRA is going to pay a tax on the amount it earned because of leverage. So it's Mm. kind of going deep on that, but it's something, you know, if you want to call me, we can talk about it. We can go deep on it if anybody's interested. Talk to your tax advisor, read about it on the IRS's website. Again, publication 598. So if your IRA is a debt, is just offering a loan to a deal no tax that's not going to happen unless there's an equity kicker and if your ira is, is an equity partner you stand the chance unless so you, you're going to you want to ask you want to say are you borrowing money and if the raise if the whole capital raise is debt free it's just equity then you won't have that tax
1: got it okay Well, let's talk about process a little bit, the process of investing in a self-directed IRA. So how long does it take to establish a self-directed IRA account? And what are the costs that are associated with doing something like this?
0: Yeah, everybody wants to know how long does it take? You know, because with real yeah. estate, it's got to be now, you know? <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> you know? So it's a three-step process, essentially. Number one is you open an account. And that's pretty easy. We've got a, a, applications on our website. You fill out the first page of our application, it auto fills the whole thing. We get your application, a $50 setup fee, a W 9 copy of your ID, that sort of thing. Your account gets opened in one day. Boom. Now, the second step is to fund it. Open, fund, invest. So, funding the IRA is either a rollover of an old 401k, 403b, 457 or you can do an IRA to IRA transfer. You know, you just take this IRA and fill out our transfer form, and then that custodian will transfer the money in. And the longest that's gonna take is about 10 days, all right? That's about how long it's gonna take. You can make it go faster, we could talk about ways to make it happen faster, but setting expectations, give it 10 days, right? But in the meantime, you've got this deal. So you give it to us, we look at the deal, you know, we make sure everything is written correctly, we make sure it's vested correctly, And then we get it all queued up so that when the money becomes available, boom, we can push the button, fund the deal. And then the money goes out into the IRA. And then 100% of the proceeds must come back into the IRA that owns that asset. And that's how it works. Open fund invest.
1: Right. And I can tell you from a sponsor's point of view, every time there are distributions, every time we get rents and income, we basically send the money like we send it to any other investor instead of their somebody's Personal or business bank account, we just send it to the IRA account, self directed IRA account. So, no changes, you know, it's pretty easy, pretty straightforward. The whole process, I think, it depends on, of course, the self directed IRA company. The quicker they are, the more easier the process is, then, Uh you know, there shouldn't be any issues actually investing in this way. And we see more and more investors on each deal that are discovering the self directed IRA notion cuz mm-hmm. not not everybody is aware that something like this actually exists but we see more and more demand from investors to use their money in that way and control you know have more of a say of what their retirement you know money how it will be invested and mm-hmm. which deals which areas which
0: sponsors people want more control over their retirement funds well you know you're talking about the market today and what we're seeing today one of the things that we're seeing is maybe not everybody's paying their rent, but I, I know you've been talking about, and you've got these websites where you can find out how many people are actually paying their rent, what percentage, but if you have a self-directed IRA and it has a house in it, you didn't just lose X percent of your the value in your IRA, like you may have it was in the stock market. Maybe you didn't collect all the rents. Maybe you can collect back rents, but most people, I think, paid their rent for the most part is what I'm hearing, right. like 70% mm-hmm. or so and some areas it's 100% are still paying their rent.
1: Yeah, the uh, national average for April was 95, 93 to 95%. Mm-hmm.
0: Gosh, so you've got a self-directed IRA with a property in it, and your renters pretty much paid their rent, but if you had it in the stock market, well, then you might've suffered more of a loss. So you right. need to right, diversify, and that's what a self-directed IRA helps you do. That's awesome.
1: Well, great. Karen, thank you so much for your time. I think right now we have arrived to the lightning round questions. Are you ready? Okay.
0: I guess so. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. All right. First question, Karen, what is your favorite hobby? Oh man, I would have to, well, traveling is my favorite hobby. You know, I've wow. been, uh, been able to go make, take a lot of trips and recently. So that's fine.
1: Where was the, uh, last place that you've, uh, went to?
0: I went to uh, England with both my kids. I'd always wanted to take them to England and London. And so we went, we stayed in a castle. You know, they're like B&Bs now. You can, And that's the way they stay alive. Is, oh, really? Yeah, they have, they turn them into hotels and you can stay in it, pretty fun. Wow, and, uh, I, I need to try yeah. it then. Yeah, it's super fun. And uh, my daughter lives in Peru, so that is gonna be my next trip.
1: Oh, wow, okay. Well, very nice, interesting. What's the one thing that people don't know about you?
0: Usually it's that I used to be a radio announcer, you know? I used to do, you know, like Light Rock, Let's Talk, K Light, 98.7 FM, you know?
1: (laughs) Nice. I can see that. That's good. That's good. It was fun. It was fun. All right. What do you wish that you had known when you first started in getting involved in real estate?
0: Like everybody, I wish I would have started it sooner, you know, like when's the best time to plant a tree? Either 10 years ago or today, Uh, right? So you got to start where you're at. But I'm so glad that I did learn about it early enough in my life that I've been able to be a real estate investor. So don't feel like if you're, you know, you're too old to do it, you're just, you're not. So you just find the opportunity. And this COVID-19 economic situation might provide, we'll see. I don't know. I haven't seen any, Screaming deals, yeah, but it might uh, mm-hmm. really provide some good opportunities to invest. Good advice.
1: Um, what's your number one advice to an investor who wants to scale and grow their portfolio using a self-directed IRA?
0: Yeah, that advice I don't give. So what I would say, what I wouldn't tell them exactly that, but I would say what you need to do is you need to network and you need to meet people because, especially when you're investing in real estate, you've got to have a tribe. You can't do it without a tribe, right? You need especially if you're investing in brick and mortar, you need somebody, you need a plumber, you need a roofer in Sacramento or something like this. You need people that can tell you what to do or you're negotiating a deal and you, maybe it's your first multifamily deal and you've been in single family the whole time and you're, this seems different. It's, you know, it's commercial, it's not residential and I'm uncomfortable. You need to have mentors and people to talk to because especially when it's IRA money, these are precious dollars because they're not easily replaced. So my advice is network, get good advice. That's awesome. But Karen, thank you
1: so much. If our listeners would like to reach out to you and chat with you about investing with self-directed IRA, where can they find you?
0: We're on the web at UDirect, the letter U, UDirectIRA.com. And we have a toll-free number 866-538-3539, or just email like info at UDirectIRA.com. Pretty easy to reach.
1: All right. Thank you again, Karen. That was great. It was great seeing you. I, everyone you. is, you know, meeting virtually, so it kind of feels natural to see you. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, in my so- natural
0: habitat here. Yeah. <laughs> Good to see you.
1: Absolutely. All right. Take care. Bye bye.